0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. So I left up the gospel, the good news, and the promise on this sheet of paper because uh, a lot of times I think we tend to think that you know you hear the gospel, you've been saved, you were lost, now you're found, you were dead, then you're alive. And then the rest of the Christian life is about getting better and better and better on this kind of linear line. And if you don't happen to be on that linear line, well, then you had better fake it till you make it because everyone else is moving on up. Uh, So part of why I've left the gospel up there is we can never forget the gospel. In fact, repentance and faith is saturated in gospel. But before we jump into this, I want to say again, or pray again, the collect of the day that you just heard prayed in church. And, you know, we're going over so much liturgy, so sometimes it goes in one ear, out the other. But this, I mean, this collect, I'm going to say this about almost every collect, but it's one of the best, and it really connects to what we're about to talk about. So it goes like this. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways and bring them with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word, Jesus Christ, your son, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God forever and ever. Amen. Now, I think that that prayer, which, you know, that prayer is not on its own. It's getting its content from the scriptures. So if you're worried, all right, he said a prayer from the prayer book, he didn't introduce with a Bible lesson. Well, don't these people thoroughly know their Bible? And what they're saying is, though you may think that glory is associated with, you know, the royal family in the Netflix show, The Crown, or maybe you're a big Beyonce fan and she's about to get her 30th Grammy Award, maybe that to you is glory. Or maybe even in scriptures at the time. A scripture, right, we we see The giving of the law, right? The thunder and lightning accompanies the giving of the law. A lot of times when we think of glory, we think of that. But what the scriptures show us is there's another side to glory. In fact, the part of glory that is, I guess you might say the most glorious is Jesus on his cross. Some of you know the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is one of the most popular gospels, probably the most popular gospel. Jesus' hour of glory in the Gospel of John is not his transfiguration, but we might think of him at his most glorious. No, in the Gospel of John, which doesn't even have the transfiguration, the Gospel of John, the hour of glory is his cross. So... There's this kind of upside down thing with God's glory. It's if his glory is always to have mercy or as we pray in the prayer of humble access, his property is always to have mercy. That shapes our understanding of what repentance and faith might mean. So we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. But if you have a Bible, if you turn to page 779, we're going to take a look at two verses. Not much. It's Acts 2. Uh, It's right after what, what Mark was talking about last week. But Peter is preaching this sermon. The, this is the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit has come down upon the disciples who are hidden away out of fear. And then they can, they can preach. They can preach, and the Spirit preaches through them. And after his sermon, we're going to go down to verse 37. It's the bottom rightmost portion of 779, if you have the Bible I have, which I think we all do. Acts two thirty seven. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So as Fontaine said, what is our response? We hear the gospel. Peter has preached this sermon. What does he say? Repent and be baptized. Repent, faith, baptism. What do you think of when you think of repentance? Anybody can shout it out. When someone says repent or talks about repentance, what comes to mind? Change. Change, okay? It can be anything, too. It can be good, it can be bad. Forgiveness. Change, forgiveness. Anyone else? I'd say recognition of the sins. Like, you know, yeah. Recognize the need and change. Yeah. yeah. Change. So, change, forgiveness, recognition of sins. Well, I'm a lot less holy than most of you. So, when I think of repentance, I go back to New York City. I go back to Union Square with this great subway hub where everyone and their mother is, is there. And there's always that guy who's holding up a sign repent. Ye. Repent ye. And he's always saying something about how you are all going to burn in the fires (laughs) of hell. So I don't know about you, but I have to really kind of get over that before I can even really talk about repentance. There's such a bad connotation in my head that it's just like, whoa, repent. I don't want much to do with that. So what are we actually saying? What is Peter saying here? Repent and be baptized. Well, of course, repent. Repentance really just means a changing of your mind. Now, that doesn't just mean an intellectual sense because in the, in the ancient world, in the Greek, a change of mind means a change of behavior. Yeah, we're going in one direction one day. We're going in the opposite direction another day. Repent of your sins and be baptized. The only thing is, I think, as I mentioned earlier, and the reason why I'm keeping this gospel and repentance and faith together is that we are constantly repenting of our sins. Why do you think it is that every single week, every single Sunday, we say the confession of sin? Well, it to Bend to heart is sinning, whether outwardly or in his mind, every three minutes. That might be generous. We are coming back to Christ, and we are saying we are sorry for the things that we've done and the things that we've left undone. The Christian life, what I'm trying to tell you, what I'm trying to tell myself, is not good people getting better, as much as we love it to be that as much as sometimes, you know, the Holy Spirit makes it that against our will. The Christian life is death and resurrection. It's repentance and faith all over again. Now, in the Book of Common Prayer, if you would, uh, go on your phones. I'm I'm telling you to go on your phones here today and look up Canticle number 14. Canticle 14. Uh, And if you don't have a phone, don't worry. I'll, I'll read it. But we have right here in our Book of Common Prayer, a canticle or song of penitence. Maybe you were here for the first Sunday of Lent last week, and you noticed that really long litany, what's called the Great Litany, and we are essentially confessing of anything we can possibly think of. Uh, We are all a little bit late to this class, to Mark's class, because we don't usually have that great litany, that litany of penance that goes on and on. And if you remember, I always, before I do it, I'm always concerned about newcomers, concerned about you guys. I'm like, oh man, like if this is their first time at this church, what are they going to think? They're going to be like, wow, like we just did this very long thing. But then when I finally say the prayer, when we finally go through it, I can't help but by the end of it be like, man, that was powerful. That thought about things that I know are my sins and things that I was like, well, man, I haven't thought about that in a while. And it's not this thing that makes us feel like beaten down. Like, oh, man, man, I'm the the worst. Uh, I shouldn't even bother. It ends up becoming this kind of life giving thing where it's it's not as if I am going to stop sinning entirely in this life. Now, the Holy Spirit can work and break through addictions, you know, whatever. but. The Great Litany, and what we're about to read here in a second, is a picture of what life will be in the life to come, and hopefully we'll catch glimpses of resurrection here in this life, too. Now, I, I trust the Holy Spirit to do that, so yes, more than hopefully. But here, here's from Canticle number 14, and again, if you can't find it, uh, it's I'll just read it, but it's it goes like this, and it's kind of similar to the... You hold back your hand and do not punish as we deserve. In your great goodness, Lord, you have promised forgiveness to sinners. that They may repent of their sin and be saved. And now, O Lord, I bend the knee of my heart and I make my appeal sure of your gracious goodness. I have sinned, O Lord. I have sinned and I know my wickedness only too well. Therefore, I make this prayer to you. Forgive me, Lord, forgive me. Do not let me perish in my sin, nor condemn me to the depths of the earth. For you, O Lord, are the God of those who repent. And in me, you will show forth your goodness. Unworthy as I am, you will save me in accordance with your great mercy. And I will praise you without ceasing all the days of my life. For all the powers in heaven sing your praises. And yours is the glory to ages of ages. Now, I don't know how much of that you followed along with maybe a sentence or two really gripped you. But did you notice that the repentance, the the prayers for forgiveness in this canticle, it's all wrapped up in an understanding that God is the one whose property is always to have mercy. It even goes so far as to say that God is going to bring about this goodness in us. And it's because of that, because God is merciful and God is going to be true to his promises, That we say, I bend the knee of my heart and make my appeal sure of your gracious goodness. So friends, when you hear repentance talked about that way, um, when we hear it talked about enveloped in God's unconditional grace, mercy, and love, this is the kind of thing that I really do think that what Mark preached or talked about last week, which you hear preached in the pulpit every Sunday, that the gospel, the proclamation of the good news, the promise to suffering sinners like you and me is actually the very thing that births repentance in us. I don't know about you, but just like with the, you know, repent ye, uh, or go to the fires that I would see in at Union Square. A whole lot of times when I've been in churches that have been all about repentance, again, a good thing, right? I don't want to be going back to the vomit that I go back to all the time. Uh, a friend of mine calls sin. He tries to get us to think about sin as a porta potty because oftentimes we we tend to think of sin or temptation as oh man, like it's like a weekend in Cabo, like it's submitting to it is awesome, but he's just like, well, the purpose of Lent is to reorient ourselves to seeing sin for what it really is. Now, when we get this understanding of repentance, that we are enveloped in love, that we are going to have to repent over and over again, that this is the work of the Holy Spirit in us. It's... It really is the kind of thing that brings it about. When I go to churches and I hear, this is where I lost my train of thought, when I go to churches oftentimes and I don't hear the gospel, I hear people talk about, you know, 10 ways to have a better marriage, five paths to managing your money better, you know, seven ways to be a better person. Uh, Now, I'm not saying that there's not really good advice in there, Um, but it doesn't have the power to birth what it's calling for. Um, What we're trying to do at the Cathedral Church of the Advent, and I think I can speak on behalf of everyone, is to throw this at you so hard, uh, to throw the good news, to, to share with you that the message of God toward you and me is that despite everything, I love you anyway, it really is like, you know, the parable of the prodigal son. And in the parable of the prodigal son, notice he he's not even really repentant, right? he He's like, well, I don't want to eat what the pigs have to eat. Well, you know, I'll go back to my father and he'll make me a slave. And then the father comes out, runs out to him. And, you know, as he's kind of rehearsing his speech, the father interrupts him and says, come to the party. That's the kind of God we serve. And that's. Oftentimes, what opens us up to repentance opens us up to not just feeling sorry for our sins, but actually wanting a change uh, to actually seeing what God wants for us. When we read the Ten Commandments at the beginning of the service during that, to see that as something that's actually good for us, something that we were made for. So that's it. I probably have a few other things to say, but anything pop in your head, any, and can be questions, can be comments, can even be pushback. Like, I'm cool with that. Or any, any stories of repentance done well or done poorly? What do you guys got? Or have I just stumped? Well, while you're thinking about that, just, again, what somebody told me, what what my Episcopal Church planner, priest uh, in Western Pennsylvania told me uh, when I was like kind of down on like, what do I make of Christianity? What do I make of of the fact that I can't get my act together? Uh, Maybe I can in the areas that I can control, but those areas that I can't control, I just seem powerless. Uh, He said to me, that the Christian life is repentance and faith every single day. Uh, what I'd like to add to that is, is the thanks be to God that we can trust God to not leave us as we are, to not leave us as we were, and a whole lot of the time, I think and and this is true of some of the most holy people I know their their righteousness their holiness their repentance is is most often unconscious but they're not self-conscious about it <coughs> there's something about them that just has been seized by the spirit and that looks a whole lot different to me than the folks who seem to be kind of yelling down at us from a hill from folks who are essentially, you know, don't struggle with what we struggle, and they point their finger in our face and say, get your act together. Um, and that's really, that's really all I want to say today. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.